Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good to go. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously, back in the rugby dungeon again for, well, one of three episodes that we're making sure. See, we're, we're the only podcast there for you every single Monday morning, 52 weeks of the year, nearly 10 years now, uh, we're also bringing you three just because while everyone else is putting their feet up and just uh, easing their way back into the week, we're spending our Sunday evening making sure you've got... Hours of rugby content. I'm Tim. That's JB. Hello, Tim. And that's Phil. Hello, Tim. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash egg chasers for more content. And if you just appreciate what we do, help keep the lights on. Thank you very much. And um, yeah, this this one, we're just going to wrap up what's happened. Wrap up. Good luck. <laughs> My brain's fried even thinking about it. So this, what what has happened since last Sunday? Well, what's the story of the last the last week? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. In it's, relation to this ongoing saga. It's all over the show. It's all over the show. So, um, trying to get it in chronological order is going to be almost impossible. So, we'll just talk around it, I guess. So, Staffordshire, bless them. The, the, the best union in the country, as far as I'm concerned. They passed a motion to send their councillor back with his tail between his legs. And his motion was not only... His orders, which he had to accept, were not only to try and rescind it but he had to phone up and try and convince all of the fellow council members to also rescind it so there's a technicality which means that Staffordshire to get their motion um, to be voted on on the next council meeting have to get it uh, sort of supported by a certain number of other council council members by 1st of February and they're not going to do that so that's not going to be a motion that gets passed or gets heard but there's plenty more to run um, a huge, huge shout out to Rob Sigley, who started up the um, Community Clubs Union, CCU. Everyone should be involved with that. He is so busy. It is incredible. You know, uh, I talk to him most days, and just the volume of emails and support that he's getting from local clubs is uh, just, just absolutely to be clear, yeah, astounding. So, so he's a former championship Player, yep. national one player with Mosley. Mosley, he's currently at Bourne. He's currently at Bourneville now. Yes, currently at Bourneville, and uh, so a prop, if I remember yes, rightly. Yes, that's correct. And he's any any. I'd, I'd say along along with I put you on one of these, he, uh, and us generally as a podcast. He was one of the quickest and quickest to act on this and set up a, a counter union to represent the interests of, of community rugby players. Yeah, it really gets it. He has worked so hard to try and get these... And has, Am I right in saying he's got um, some nearly 200 clubs signed or signed up to, to push for a, a special general meeting at the RFU? Yeah, it's... The, the, the situation with the clubs is sort of like your bank account, Tim. Every time you look at it, it gets larger. The numbers, <laughs> the numbers just gets bigger and bigger. So people ask me, like, how many are signed up to the... Uh, uh, CCU, and I'm like, I don't know. Last yesterday, it was like two fifty or something um, who pledged pledged support, and that number just grows and grows and grows and grows. And the amount of support which has come from the grassroots clubs towards Rob and the CCU is just it's incredible. So my week this week has been very much 
Tale of Two Halves. By about Tuesday, I was like, there is no way, there's no way we cannot win this. And not only did I think there's no way that we could not, not win this, I thought, it's, all, it's awesome. Because I think I mentioned it last week, but I'm talking to so many people in rugby who I wouldn't otherwise talk to, directors mm. of rugby, head coaches. Just the sheer volume of good people. And you, you start talking about, I don't know, the, this awful tackle law. And then it moves on to actual rugby and how you're doing in the league and, you know, all that sort, all that sort of stuff. We've got loads of good people. Uh, you know, weird that the RFU never mentioned that in their promotional material or, you know, when they're trying, to, try, trying to, to promote the game. But in some respects, I've never been more enthusiastic about the state of the English game. But on the other hand, it comes to, say, Wednesday, and then you have World Rugby sticking their, their oar in. Right, yeah, so I'm trying to sort of summarise what's been going on. So the the backlash continued early in the week. Mm. And initially the response from... When people were emailing us, this is a response I've had from my counsellor. The response was belligerent, basically. Just, yeah. Oh, it, it was, I'd say... I'd, belligerent's the word I'd use. And it was, yeah, we might not have communicated well, but... And it, but but the, no acceptance that that yeah. there's a, that they made anything other than the correct decision. By the end of the week, the backlash has continued and has been so fierce that the climb down, which we predicted would happen, has begun. And it's not quite a climb down, though, not, is it? Not quite it's, a climb down. It's not, so. So yeah, I was going to say, what do you make of the RFU apology? It's uh, awful. And I'm, I'm using uh, little quotation marks as I say apology. I've I have I have. Communicate with Bill Sweeney about three times this week, just in disbelief of the RFU's reaction to this. I, it's on par with those with those non those celebrity non apologies. I'm sorry for how it made you feel, but it's kind of worse. So mm. they're trying to make this into a communications issue, and it is not a communications issue. It is the fact that you've run rough shot shot over by the way do you know it's rough shot not rough, rough shot yes mm. I did not know that mm. Yeah, all my life I've been saying, saying that wrong mm. rough shot what, what, what does rough shot mean does anyone know no idea do you know no, no I don't know either just rough shot it's just a thing yeah. you say but they've done that over the wishes of the of the community game so the, uh, ca- the council are trying to point to the board and say it was a communication error from them the board are sort of pointing at the council well, saying oh well they, they made the call hang on the, the council are flat out saying that the RFU lied now, this is untenable. So no matter which way this goes now, I think Bill Sweeney's position is untenable. You know, so the council are saying, well, waste wasn't in there. We thought it was... How yeah. this wasn't clarified? Bill Sweeney wasn't even on the call for one of the no, most significant he, he was at, moments. He, yeah, he was at an event in uh, Downing Street or the Houses of Parliament or something. Or was he? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Does not surprise me one bit. So, uh, and I just want to give a little shout. So when I was coming through as uh, a junior... At Newby Rugby Club, and in uh, and just coming through the Colts and into the first team, Terry Burwell was our director of rugby. Oh, was he? And he was a, g- a really good guy. He never told me this. W- why would I? Because Terry Burwell is quite cool on Twitter and has loads of good information. I thought this would have come up earlier. No, so t- Terry Burwell was my, my the DOR at Newbury when they went through when we were going up through the leagues, league after league, and I was coming anyway. So, um, so I know Terry well, and he was he was the councillor. It turned out he represents Hampshire. Um, and he was the councillor who said to the council, "Shouldn't we wait until after some consultation before we vote? Before we vote, shouldn't mm. we wait?" And the, and the council said, "No." In other words, we know best. We don't need to ask anyone. And that that's the bit that's I think come to light here. Like the RFU and Bill Sweeney and all the rest of it, that that will get dealt with. And I, I agree, there's been big errors there. But the council are not immune from massive criticism well, here. Do you know one of the things which I've thought of, and it's one of those boring technical things, but. A lot of councilmen are also their um, union president. So the Lancashire Union, I th- I'm not sure this is correct, actually, but I, I think I think the president is also a councilman. Now, that makes it very hard for your union to hold your councilman to account when you're saying, well, we don't agree with this, because you've got to go through you know, your, you know, your local unions. Well, you can't do it, because they've got an awful lot of power. Staffordshire, their councilman was not their president, and their president was like, "No, no, no you're going to go back, and if you don't, we'll we will replace you." So I think it's actually that should be an amendment for how rugby is governed, which is yeah, 
appoint a councilman. I also don't think the council is a bad is a bad way of doing things. To be fair, I don't think it's the worst way at all. Um, but I don't think the council the councilman can also be the president of a local mm. association union, whatever you want to call it. Uh, just go back to the apology and stuff. What do you make of it all, Phil? So the, the, there was the two big RFU statements this week. The first one that you referred to before, which I think that was that poured petrol on the flames of what was going on. For, for two years, I've got the statement in front of me, and there was two things that kind of uh, half made me laugh and half made me cry from that. The first was the line, we consider the decision to reduce the tackle height to be the start of the process. <laughs> so the, 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 out, the outcome is the start of the process, and that followed on by the one that would... Um, definitely, JB. I know I'm raging. That's like going. Um, we're now. I've decided we're having a divorce. So now we need to start a discussion about this relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, or Tim, can we have a fight and then we'll discuss why why, why, why we're having fight the, the first fight. Place. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one, which is the bit that it's just, it's the statement is we will publish further information, including videos, FAQs in the coming days. This will be led by multi-format training offer, including face-to-face, blah blah blah, which is basically what it's a. It's a statement that other people on the RFU side in this made, which was, oh, if you just ed- educate yourself, you will, you will understand where we're coming from. I mean, this is and just... That, that is infuriating. Isn't it? It's so maddening, that, that kind of approach. If only you were more educated about these highbrow matters, then JB, you would understand it. It's, it's, it the arrogance is incredible. <laughs> it is incredible that Yorkshire, their union um, issued something, and it's had the line that, like, there will, of course, need to be a re-education process. Yeah. And I'm like, do you know what? I'm going to start up camps. I'm going to start up these like little camps where we can send all a few councillors to get re-educated. It's it's, it's Orwellian. The, the, the language is actually Orwellian. But the problem with this debate is it seems to include everybody except for the people that it involves. And I'll have a little whinge later about a broadcaster who did this. Do Not it now. now. Do Not it now. now. No, do it now. Do, do, no. do yeah. it now. So I'll give you... I, I'll give you an example, and I will be fair on this because when you actually watch the broadcast, it is fair. You know, I think that BT put both sides of the argument forward fairly well, actually. Mm-hmm. But how hard is it just to get hold of someone from a, a level seven, level six club, and have them explain to everybody what the damage of this will be? Because it's going to be absolutely enormous, absolutely enormous. I was out last night. We did spree after yet another win. Top, uh, top, top of the table now. Top, who did uh, you play this week? I'll tell you more about this okay. later. <laughs> but we beat Lee. Good work. Be- yeah. Would Lee one of the teams that beat you earlier in the season? They beat us 24-0 yeah. on the bottom of the table. Oof. And they've only won two games all season. Oof. Yeah. it's um, It was a bad day in the office, that. Yeah. So um, we beat Lee, and then we all went out for drinks. Now, at the moment, the rugby club is absolutely wild because we're acting like it's the last days of Rome. You know, like, like the chat is, right, you've got to be available next week. Why? Well, you, seven more games left. Yeah, you never get to do it again. Like that, this is it. Some of the shots going in yesterday were absolutely titanic from both sides. Because I, I guess we we're all thinking, well, let's just go and get some now. I'm not going to be able to hit anyone in the head in a few weeks' time. Yeah, and weirdly, one of the more physical games that we've had in a long time, not a single high tackle penalty from, from, from either side. Fair play. Because it just does, it's just yeah, not yeah, really yeah. a problem in, in our level. Anyway, yeah. so BT Sport did, did, did their thing. And I was just amazed they had Ross, Ross uh, Tucker on. Mm-hmm. No problem with that. Ross Tucker needs to explain the science. Wayne Barnes on. Uh, yeah, fine. Why, why not? Nick, Nick Easter on. Where was the representative from Community Rugby? Mm. Who was the person who's going to sit sit there on the panel and say, yeah, we're going to lose 30 guys? Because that's what the lads from Tok H were saying uh, mm. last night. Like, we're going to lose our whole first team, did including they, me. Uh, what did you think of the broadcast? It's, it's fair. It was it's fair. But it didn't... Two things I would say. It argued about the technicalities, and we have to stop this, because, you know, I'm not against it because we can't officiate them all. I'm not against it because, you know, it's it might be tricky to do X, Y, Z. I'm against it out of the principle, and that's what we should be talking about. It's the principle, right? Some Some people are against it. Uh, on the technicalities. Yeah, but then it's just a technical argument, isn't it? It's like, you know, you ask a girl to go on a date and she says no. She means no, actually, but she messes up. She goes, no, I can't get a lift. Well, she's made that into a technical argument then. She just needs to say no. So, like, we don't want to be going down the route route, uh, route of saying, um, 
oh yeah, well, how do you do them all? Because you're basically then you're saying, well, if you sort them if all, sort, then, yeah, yeah. I'm all for this. Then you've got to backtrack in and say, okay, well, what about this? And then what about this? The answer is no, we don't want it. Why don't we want it? Because it's going to absolutely destroy our game at community level. Destroy it. My, my, my response to to that would be, I thought the uh, I thought the broadcast on Rugby Tonight and BT Sport was actually a good one, and they put forward the point of view that that the majority of rugby players at the elite and community game share. Um, I'd also say I actually I agree with you for what it's worth mm. um, on the vast majority of this particular topic, and so you know just to to fire back your way in terms of content and how it's delivered. Going on Twitter in the way you did does not help the cause. Well, look. Uh, no, no, it, uh, no, no. It is so a I, deeply personal subject. Right? Yeah, I, it's I a know. deeply personal subject. And what we have mm. across the board are people talking down to us. So Wayne Barnes is not going to referee a, a, a community game. Nick East has been in charge of Chinna for for three games. Didn't show, Four games didn't show up, so one yesterday. But right? Chinna were in what league? League three, so it would affect him. So, so just because he doesn't, no, 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 no but that. So, so, so you, have, you, have to, example, be, you right? have to be involved in a community club. Coach, no, 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 and no, also no, turn no. up on a Saturday to no, have no, a valid no, 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 no. Their idea of an amateur is a guy who's not an amateur, right? No, so, so that doesn't count. So, if you'd gone on Twitter and asked a question, um, can I ask why we've uh, got? No, no, no. Wait, can I ask why there was no uh, community person and you had Wayne Bard, you had Nick Easter? And, and you had Ross Tucker. Can I ask why? If you just asked the question rather than go on going, you're a clown, this is pathetic. It is pathetic. No, no, it wait. It is clown-like <laughs> no, no, behaviour. Wait, wait, wait. What, what, you might, right. what, what you might have got was a, you might, might have been a good faith question which got a good faith response. And I can tell you the answer. There have been pod- podcasts that have had community representatives on who have an hour or 90 minutes to talk about it. When you have 30 minutes of TV, which once you take the adverts out is like 22 minutes... And when you go, we've got 22 minutes, we want to get a demonstration in to try and talk about some of these things which people have concerns and questions about. We want to get the expert on to try and give us some rationale, but we'll hold his feet to the fire a little bit. And we want to get some perspectives on some uh, rugby experts who, when when you do all that, the 22 minutes is gone. Yeah. And, and that's... You're and, absolutely right, Tim. And that is why. You're absolutely right, and this infuriates me even more. Because 22 minutes, of the 22 minutes... The one, the, the one section that you've not discussed are the 150,000 people who play this game week in, week out, who didn't get a say. Well, that was right? So, so that, you've, you've literally just put, them, put the priorities in. You do this, 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 and this. Did they not Where talk, was the voice? Did they not talk about the way that it was done? Get someone to talk about who is going to actually put the case forward, who knows what they're talking about, from a club who's going to be affected. All, all I'm saying on this is, and yes, you, you may argue I'm biased because these are, these are my colleagues, but... Uh, so for two reasons one you don't win anyone over you don't change any minds and win anyone over when you start when your starting point is you're a clown and you're pathetic and I, I, a, and and it's clown like behavior it would be so easy to pick up the phone and find someone why 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 is that why is that hard you've got the biggest rugby show right of the week going yeah, out but i've just get i just told just told you what might be a reason which is w- what we, they didn't prioritize us fine fine but as you said, there's all sorts of content out there that the points were well, made. Well, Tucker's work has been put out by World Rugby, by every councilman, by the RFU, on on Twitter, in the press. You can't move for, for Ross Tucker's um, arguments, and rightly so. BT, BT Sport had 40 minutes to talk to the majority of rugby fans who would be engaged. They decided not to put forward a voice from the community game. I think that's unacceptable. Okay. That, that, you, 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 know, can, you, you can think that's unacceptable, but um, I, I, okay, I, I made my point. The, 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 I, I, I think it's unacceptable to say that that was utterly pathetic and they were clowns because I thought it was quite a balanced. I thought it was quite a balanced program, and and there's people like us that are here to. Well, this is yeah, like, but we don't. We're not talking to however many people are. Watching the rugby on BT Sport, probably, the, probably like, talking you know, to more. Probably the same. <laughs> probably, probably, yeah, yeah. No, probably. No, it's probably similar numbers. Yeah. yeah, but look, it would have made one hell of a difference, right? To have somebody from a club. So one of the interesting things was Nick Easter said he's going to lose two players, and I think he's probably right. Okay, he's trying to re-sign players for fairly good money. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not making a judgment on what Chinna do uh, and their business, but those players are not only just turning down. Rugby, but they're turning down good money at China. When you take away the money and you look at the damage that this will do to clubs with no money, 
it is going to be absolutely enormous. You're going to see team, teams fold. So it's uh, not uh, it's I, not much to ask, is I it? I agree with you. I, the primary broadcaster, just to get out of their bubble slightly and reach out to people who are not in their phone book, who are not the pros, who are not the directors of rugby, who's not an ex professional coach still is a a, a a a professional coach Jamie, it would have taken two minutes you, you might you might even have a point but i might have mm, a point i do no, have a point no no no, no. You, you no my point is you may you may even have a point ask the question and then get get a genuine answer because it might well be um well once once we'd looked at the show and realized this is how many minutes we've got and you weren't the priority that's what that, that's what they'd say okay. isn't it or if the, the response you might have got if you'd engaged in a different way was yeah, you're probably right. We should have done that. We should do it again in future, or we should do it in future. Well, it, well, it's too late. We've got seven games left. You know, so they should have done the research before. Well, I, well I, on the on the seven games, I'd say left. you're catastrophizing a little bit because you, you're you're convinced it's not going to happen. I was, and now I'm not. Yeah, on the seven games left. Because so we spoke before about the the first RFU uh, pouring petrol the statement earlier in the week, mm. and then they made one on Friday, I think it was, which was equally as clownish. Am I allowed to call well, them clownish? Well, what's the point in calling them clown? Because it is clown-like. It's well, absolutely you, clown-like. You don't help yourself when you do that. I don't know. You, you need to point, point uh, things uh, out. Make your argument on the merits. I mean, if you point out if that someone is a clown and they shouldn't be doing something because they are a clown, that is a good reason, my, my, reason to get My general view, but the, the view I generally take on Twitter and stuff is when someone calls... All right, they're well, no, no, When someone calls me a pejorative, I go, well, you've, you've, All right. you've All lost right. the argument because you, you can't win Let's your argument Let's remove the, the word clown. Or use clown as, uh, as a proxy for incompetent. They're incompetent. So... The second statement from the RFU, it seemed to be rowing back a bit. It was, yes. it was an apology initially, and then it was they want to work with the um, community in order to try and understand what the game could look like. Now, that could be... The, the response might be from the community, we want the game to look exactly like it currently looks. Full stop, end of, and they roll back fully. Or it could be somewhere in between what they put on the table and what has been done historically. But at least it kind of, to me, when I read that, I thought, yeah, they've at least, instead of just saying, oh, you guys need to educate yourselves and then you'll understand our way of thinking, they are at least trying to understand other people's perspectives. So we'll see where that goes. Because that. Yeah, it's going nowhere, I think. I I predicted last Sunday. And I'm absolutely certain this is how it's going to pan out. I said they'll 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 start backtracking this week. My, my prediction last week they'll start backtracking. It will move up and it will become the chest in exactly the same way as junior rugby players mm-hmm. already. Like the, the under fifteen team, high is anything above the chest. Anything like above the nipple line is regarded as high. And what I don't understand is why. Well, here he would be the way to do it. You could look at it and go, yeah, we really want to lower the tackle height. I'll tell you what we have got, though. We've got a load of people up to the age of about 18, all junior rugby currently, have only ever tackled with nipple being the highest they're allowed to tackle and everything Mm. else is high. Mm. Maybe we wait until they come into the first team and see if just naturally muscle memory and and, and and all their... Uh, coming coming up through the age groups, maybe maybe we'll watch this one for the next five years, and we'll track if that has any difference. Because I uh, my yeah. my guess is, if if they did nothing, it will go down to nipple and height anyway. Kind of, the question is, to what end, right? To what end do we want to do this? Because we're not trying to not necessarily stop concussions. We're trying to stop dementia and like horrific outcomes which are happening in in, well, in the we, process. We better stop drinking alcohol. Well, let's not go down that route. Yeah. But yeah, I completely agree with yeah, you know, we, with we the need, sentiment. Yeah. We need to un- fully understand the yes. causality, yeah, and not just the correlation. So, we reduce it. So, this change will reduce head contacts from like what's the start like seventeen? Sorry, nineteen point seven, sixteen point two. Well, it's, yeah, yeah. Per league. Uh, well, this was in a fo- this was on the French data yeah. in in a fourteen team league. It basically takes it from nineteen and a half to sixteen. Yeah, a season, which when you distribute that across the 14 teams basically means half a concussion per team per season yeah. fewer mm. so if they're willing to do if you're working on the principle of like risk reduction and this always and this is another thing which BC Sport said I, this isn't a knock on BC Sport I think it's just a general comment on the state of the debate which is people will say well we, it's safety first and foremost or you know we always need to be reducing the risks I don't think that's a good principle for managing a contact sport because if it's going from what I said before, nineteen point seven to sixteen point two, 
that's not enough to justify what you're doing. Well, so there no, must be just, other things c- c- well, that, coming on the Yeah, that would just line. lead to more. Yeah. Because no one would say 19 uh, per season is unacceptable, but 16 is acceptable. No one would say that, that like, if 19 is not acceptable, reducing it by three is acceptable. So it would be, well, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Yes. It, goes, it goes back to, we're talking in the kitchen, it goes back to the, the old Russ Roberts um, risk statement, which it might be um, Nassim Nicholas Taleb statement that if you're a construction company and you don't want to kill anyone, don't, don't build anything. Yeah. Like, it, if you are, if you're in a contact sport and you don't want any injuries or specific injuries, head injuries, don't be in a contact sport. Yeah. I, don't, I just don't think we even want that situation. So no, says, we, need, we need safer, we need safer. Do we? Why? I mean, the fact that it's dangerous make the fact it's dangerous means it means something to be a rugby player. Otherwise, it means nothing. Anyone can do it. Everyone, everyone does. Like, this is a point we've all you've made specifically, JB. But like, we all understand this point that everyone goes in having a good idea of the risks. Yeah. Now, you like all the years that I've played, you couldn't. If someone had asked me how many concussions do you think you are likely to. Um, to stay in if you play for 10 years or your team is likely to stay in a season I could have guessed at her number but I wouldn't have known I wouldn't have known but I would have known that the risk is I had good enough handle on the acceptability of the risk to me as an individual because I'd seen it yeah I'd seen it many many times and you're I don't know there's something in it where the the mechanism of injury that we're talking about is already illegal in the sport you've got individuals who've signed up knowing that that the mechanism of injury is illegal having a good handle of what the incidence rate of that injury is what more can these are these are adults they're they're going into something totally voluntarily i think the kids have got it right with their level of tackling because they're kids and you know when you go to adults it is slightly different we we know the risks it hasn't yeah, changed yeah. for a hundred years, and there is there is a, you've made this point as uh, as well. There is difference if you're being forced to play something at school. Yeah, that is different to being an adult walking into your local rugby club, and it's certainly different for the pros. And I think that's the, a really yeah, important risk- statement. It is so much different for the pros. So, like people like Ross Tucker should be commended because we need to know the risk for the pros. It's ever changing. Mm. So the way I, I look at this, it's like tax policy. Okay, and this is a really dull way to look at it, but <laughs> it is like tax policy. So. If you change the tax code in some way, you might find yourself with a loophole, which mm. someone will exploit. I'll give you an example of one. Um, they did something so disabled people uh, could buy cars free of VAT. Mm-hmm. And then some disabled Olympians bought a load of Range Rovers with um, with adaptations, took all the adaptations off, and then sold them. Sold them for yeah, profit. Exactly, right? So that there is a classic loophole. You would expect the HMRC to crack down on that. You'd expect them to prosecute that. You'd expect them to change how the laws are written, add a few bits and pieces. That's what you would expect them to do because that's good governance. What you you would not expect the HMRC to do on one day is just change the rate of tax which you pay. You would not expect them to change the source of income or or redefine it. Anything which is fundamental to the change of the game, or indeed the taxation code, has to go directly to the stakeholders or to the parliament or to the, or to the voters. We can see this with world rugby. So the caterpillar ruck, that is basically a result of a loophole. The scorpion ruck, that is the result of, of a loophole. <laughs> the scorpion ruck was the Saracens one that we were trying yes. to loop round. That, yep, that, that's the one. Um, there's another one which I, I think of. Well, the, the, I mean, like the, the fox, frock roll. The foxhole. The foxhole. Foxholes. Are, I mean, there's loads of examples. That, that loophole got closed. So that loophole yeah. existed for years and croc, years and years. Croc, the crock roll. Yeah, the crock roll just went because we changed yeah. the laws and then we started crock rolling. Oh, Christ, that's dangerous. Let's not do that. Yeah, it, the crock roll does still happen occasionally. But to change the fabric of the game for no reason at all at the amateur level is exactly the same as like you know, the tax manager just one day saying, oh, yeah, it's 21% now mm. or it's 30% now. It's a completely different thing. So just here's an interesting um, hypothetical. Imagine we'd heard nothing for the last two weeks and then today... There was a statement made saying we our intention is to lower the tackle height to the nipple, which is what they do in MLR, which is what they do in junior rugby. What would you, what can you imagine? It's hard to put that yourself in that hypothetical, but this is why I think that this is part of why I think this, it was just the most monumental. This will be used as a case study in yeah. like PR yeah. firms. Yeah. This is how you how don't not do it to do it. This is how you don't do it. Um, but 
what because uh, I actually think that would have been that there would have been the, the natural element of I don't like change why they're doing this or why haven't we been asked or whatever but I think there wouldn't there it wouldn't the reaction wouldn't have been nearly as negative well I think what you would do because nobody trusts the RFU now and I don't trust my local union or indeed my councillors as it happens I mean I'll wait to see what happens Are you on going the, to the meeting on the 8th <laughs> am I going to the meeting on the 8th <laughs> lol um, so I'm not sure I trust them anymore, to, to to be honest, because they were so easily... I don't know, were they stupid or were they naive? Hubristic a little bit. Yeah. I mean, there does seem to be... <laughs> there does seem to be a sort of inversion of roles here. Everyone seems to have forgotten who owns who. So it, World Rugby does not own the RFU, and the RFU does not, know, does not own its members. The members own the RFU, and the RFU owns World Rugby. You wouldn't have thought that that's the way it goes, but that is actually how yeah. it does go. The element that the RFU have independent of its members is the commercial side and the corporate side of things. And that's basically what is sort of by um, by agreement. The, the the members of the clubs have the councillors to represent them to make decisions on game-based stuff. Yeah. When it comes to the governance that the RFU have over and above that, it's all the financials yeah. and the all the corporate side of things. So my thought on this is... These are laws made by simple minds. Uh, and I, I know that's um, a very harsh thing to say, but you, when you look at what World Rugby did to sort of look at the high tackle law, they just got a bunch of so-called experts or big names into a room, and Ross Tucker, and they said, look, solve the high tackle issue. But I don't... I think they went about it in a very direct way. Uh, you know, So there will be other ways to solve this, which people won't necessarily think are... Well, hang on. It's not necessarily the high tackle issue, it's the concussion issue. I think that you've got to, mm, you've got, you've got yeah, to separate yeah. those things out. Because I don't believe that most of these concussions are coming from high, from high tackles. So solve the concussion issue um, was the task. So I think there'll be ways to do this without ruining the game and, cha- uh, and changing the tackle heights. Just to answer your first question, what I say about um, n- nipple high? Yeah, I would need to see it. So I think it would be fair if they came back to the community game and said, look... We're thinking of doing this. Why don't we trial these rules in your cup competition? So you can all see it. You can all have a feel. No one really cares about mm. the cup much anyway. Or, or even better, if you've got some buy-in from uh, some clubs, you go, right, in the ADMs this season, you carry on, but in the Northwest uh, 1, West and East, and North, we're going yeah. to do nipple height. Let's have, yeah. a look. Let's have a look for the next two seasons, see how it goes. Yeah. That's, if they've done that, and if they've said, we think nipple height is best, but let's have some engagement. Let's say, where do you think best? Because if everyone turned around and said, oh, waist and below is best, then they could go well, with that. That's, the, that's, that's not what they're going to do. But no. so, it, like, just the, the way that they did it was so, so bad. So, like, could I, so much better. Exactly. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Because we might play nipple hunting and go, this is unplayable. Can't do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, Or you might say, this is not really any different. I'm I'm never aiming to tackle anyone above that line anyway. Therefore, for me as an individual, it it doesn't change anything. Yeah, because if you slip up from nipple to slightly above nipple, you're not getting penalised, so it's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. We've got two French lads at Toc H, and they both say that the level 7 trials are, di- are a disaster. It, it, yeah, the French ones. Nobody likes them, and, you know, it is what it is. So, uh, that's how I would trial it, because nobody trusts the RFU. They are completely shot of all yeah, credibility. They, they've so, burned any credibility they had has just gone in and the to last be fair, eight days. The councillors have shown themselves, for the most part, I mean, they're good rugby people, and this is why it really surprised me that they passed this, actually. 
Because everyone talks about like the like the Blazer Brigade and how they're stuck in the past. Well, you'd have thought that these guys would be the last guy goes to sort of you know, wave something through, but they did, which really shocks me. Um, but I don't trust them much either mm. because if they're peddling the same nonsense that you know the the science is peer reviewed and therefore you can't argue, well they've got to go, mm. they've got to leave. And one of the things that they said, or my council said in his reply to me, was that the council have on many occasions highlighted they are concerned about the image of the game because of high tackles. Now, if you're on the council and you can't stand in the public square and win the debate as to why rugby is important to its members as it is, you shouldn't be on the council. Mm. It's simple as that. That might be a good test, electing the next councillor. Can you put forward a really good argument for why rugby is as it is now and is important? If they can't answer that, they can't be elected. That would be one of my criteria. So to solve this a different way, I reckon it would be probably solved better something like the 50-22 kicking rule. Because indirectly, you're dropping numbers, you're dropping numbers, you've got less double contacts, less double contacts means less subconcussive hits. And I'm guaranteeing you the future is not going to be the knockouts, it's going to be sub, sub, subconcussive hits in, in, in the pros. So they've looked at it one way, as a multifactorial Well, equation. they just limit the trading in the week, don't they? Oh, sorry, you, yeah, that's already... such a good point. Yeah. That's such a good point. One of the things that makes me think they're not necessarily that serious about what they're trying to do it's the fact that no one said, yeah, no more than 12 games a season for a pro. That's an interesting point. Yeah, well, be it 12, but at the, at the moment it's, is it 30 and 35? Yeah, that's something that, like that. I mean, we've been when, saying this years when, now. When you, when you, yeah, we've been saying it for years. Actually, partly from a welfare point of view, um, but also partly because you want the best players on the pitch all yes. the time. You don't want to, you don't want nobody wants to see. Munster Leinster when all the Irish internationals are not nope. playing what's the point in that I think if you're a professional you have a minimum wage and you have a maximum games yep. and that, those include international games Yeah. Uh, and if they say that they're serious about limiting the really hard edge of the concussion debate which is in the pros that's what they'd announce first they want they want to somehow have a situation where nobody gets concussed and yet we play all of the rugby in the world and you can't do it and a big thing and it's it's a point i agree with on principle but it's going to cause additional problems is and we've spoke about it before increasing ball in playtime if you if you increase bowling playtime and you increase the number of games, and everyone's fitter yep. and stronger and faster, like these, this is just getting worse and worse and worse. Isn't that, it? I'm, I am very much for. I love rugby. I'm very much for a reduced season. Yeah, I've been this way for for quite a long time. And in in like, look at the NFL. What, Sixteen games in a eighteen now, but eighteen. But scarcity creates demand. Correct. Correct. But like the the trials could have been so much more creative, couldn't they? So one of the things I've thought about this week is... It wasn't a trial. It's, this isn't a trial. Yeah, we yes. need to stop talking about this sorry, as a, sorry, sorry. a trial. The French trial. Oh, the French right. trial, right. So it could have been so much more creative. They could have said things like, um, right, the maximum height is where it is currently, or, or the lower, sorry, the lower of where it is currently, or you can't exceed the height of the ball. So the ball mm. dictates where the high tackle is. Well, well, yeah, that would be a really interesting... But yeah, I'm not saying it's right. It's not but it'd be a far more interesting trial than here. I'd just pick players with really long like ape-like arms and get them to run with like massive Fijians can you imagine? holding the ball in one hand down by their knees. Can you imagine yeah. your ball security issues down there, though? Yeah, Someone true. just kicks it. True. You, or, on that one as well... The old hospital pass above someone's head where they reach up for it. It's, it's just Unlucky. all, all yeah. fair game. Head, heads fair game. Not today. <laughs> I mean, it's, bad, it's dangerous enough anyway, exposing your ribs with your hands above your head. How about, how about a couple of emails on this? Glenn, um, fire away. Uh, contact headchasers at gmail.com. Glenn is from Chelmsford RFC and Bishop Stortford RFC. Mm. And um, it's a very brilliantly put long email, Glenn. I'm just going to pick out one little bit. Um, here it says, uh, there we go, uh, which I think you'll agree with, and we've said similar before, but this is an opinion which I'm hearing a lot. Uh, the problem is that whereas most sports, oh right, sorry, put simply, the leadership in the sport seem obsessed with appeasing those individuals and organisations whose fundamental aim is to remove all danger from sport in general, and 
for sport in general and rugby union in particular. Mm. The only problem is that whereas most sports largely ignore or carefully manage the wailing and hand-wringing coming from these people, think rugby league, boxing, MMA, cycling, motorsports of various types, rugby union brings them to the heart of the game and lets them set and manage the agenda. And they do this with the almost certain knowledge, unless they're really dumb, that these people will never be satisfied. This is a con- uh, there is a concern about falling player or membership numbers, yet almost everything you see, hear and read about the sport has to include the obligatory discussion about head injury or player welfare, which, in my honest opinion, only serves to produce the completely opposite effect of that intended. Yeah, completely mm. right. Completely right. So at the very least, uh, and what pain pains me, and quite a few other people on email have made this point, it's like, oh, we're going to watch the Six Nations the one time in the year when millions of people tune in and watch an occasional game of rugby and this is going to be on the agenda. Do you know I'm dreading Six, Six Nations? I really am. Because it, this sounds really stupid, but how do I get behind a team like England knowing that they're going to benefit the <laughs> you, RFU? You well, hate what you England. do is you know the players are, complete, are in agreement with you. Did you uh, yeah. ben, ben Youngs, did you see what he had to say? I did. Uh, which was and, and this is what I think, and I think the BT Sport program did the same. I think the general w- word you're getting is, we can look at anything, we can, we can look and be open minded to all possibilities, but you're not changing rugby. You're not going to change the sport. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, did you see um, on um, false information? Uh, did you see um, the RFU tackle lines and danger zones and whatnot? Yeah. Oh, and have you seen? Have you seen the demonstration? Of the new tackle technique, you see yeah, that video with the head in the same space. Oh, head in the same airspace. So there you go. There's a nice hard hip. Stick your head there. Incredible scenes. Absolutely incredible scenes. So let's go with the data sheet first. So we've got multiple lines going across a player's yeah, body. Yeah, I wanted to mention uh, this. Phil, but you, you, d- you did mention you, this before you, with the red zone, the amber zone, and the green zone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. tell me. Well, so. There was the from the data that Ross Tucker said, it, it gave three areas. So. Say and I can't remember precisely, but above the, uh, let's say above the shoulder, that's the red zone because mm-hmm. highly likely to get head on shoulder, head on head, nasty things. Below the waist, now I can't remember how it was phrased in Ross Tucker's, but everyone's taking below the waist to mean below the hips. So let's just go with that for a second. Yeah. So hips and below, you've got some soft stuff, thighs, bum, but you've also got some hard stuff, hips, knees, shins. Uh, that was the amber zone, not mm-hmm. as bad as the red zone, but better than... Uh, sorry, not as bad as the red zone, uh, but not as good as the middle zone, the green zone, which is basically your stomach. So yep. below the below the sternum, but above the hips. Now, one of the things that I've seen, I can't... I think Brian Moore was one of the people who I saw... Genius, that is. ...saying... One of the few people in favour of all this. Yeah, but he was saying... So based on that Ross Tucker evidence, those yeah. are the three bands. So you got your lo- traffic light system. He was then saying, oh, well, the the waist should be defined as two inches above the um, navel. <laughs> Which, if you do that, so if, if the Amazing. red zone is like so, the sternum and above and the green zone is two inches above the navel... Post yourself through that letterbox. The, the, <laughs> uh, sorry, the om- orange zone, the amber zone, is two inches below the navel. You've got this band of about... Like, on my body, that is that is maybe two inches of height <laughs> that you could, you've could. you got as the green zone to hit. I'm not that accurate. That is not what they were intending the, the, the law to be when it was written on that basis. Well, there's also a problem that they then break down the amount of contacts in a game in these different zones. Mm. So the problem you've got with this is, I mean, I, this is genuine though. I cannot think of a single reason to touch in a game of rugby between a man's, an opposition man's waist and say that green zone or indeed the amber zone. I cannot think of a single reason to touch them in open play other than an attempted tackle mm-hmm. or a tackle. Can, can you? Maybe a shove in, off the ball? In a mall. Yeah, but in open play. Oh, no, yeah, in open, open play. play. No. Like, is it a show? It's, it's going to be a tackle. Or, yeah, or, or if, rucking, if rucking got, someone off a, off a ball. Yeah, yeah maybe. If, if you've not got the ball, it could be like a bit of a shoulder to shoulder, but even then it's shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, so you look at that and you think, okay, so that's where the tackles go. Okay, cool, yeah. Because nothing else is happening there. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then you look at the head, and there's, what, 11, they said 10 a game? So 10 high shots a game. But the problem with the head stuff is most of the head contacts 
or like incidental or things that start off legal and then rise or seatbelt challenges or things which just frankly aren't dangerous. I mean, look, they're more dangerous than not doing it, but they're not, da- but they're not dangerous. So if you're just like the average civilian or you haven't thought it's through, you're like, bloody hell, that's 10 high shots every game. Mm. Well, it's not 10 high shots every game. And I'll tell you why I, I know this. It's because every time there is a high shot, everyone starts fighting. You know, that's just, or yeah, a card yeah. comes out. If you had 10 high shots a game, I would know. You would know about it. We would all know. We would never stop talking about it. Like, yeah, we finished the game with, uh, you know, 10 on 10. Like, it just isn't, it well, isn't a thing. A lot of those head contacts will be pick and goes. Yeah, which, maybe. Which, which are, they are, they would be, well, no, not would be. They are illegal according to the law because you end up having head on head. But it's refereed in a manner that it's kind of let the boys play because it's such, it's, it's not low force, but it's low risk it's because the, the both parties, yeah, isn't both it? parties are in the first like two steps of, of moving. And so yeah. it's, it's less risky. Therefore it's not a uh, refereed in that manner. And in the new laws, you can do an upright soak tackle, mm-hmm. which who knows what that is, but fine. Well, the, the upright soak tackle, Certainly defending the pick and go on the try line. Very effective. Now is very, very effective because it leads to a goal line dropout. It's actually, I would argue, that is more effective than a chop tackle or a head, like anything else. Yeah. Uh, on, when I, you're on the goal line. I miss it when the laws that we got angry about were like goal line dropouts. <laughs> I'm still pretty angry about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm still, I still don't like it. No, but, I'm still but furious. I kind, of, I kind of miss that that's what I used to be frustrated by in terms of the laws. I used to miss the days when we were frustrated about, you know, um, kits being the wrong colour. Yeah, <laughs> those are the days. Yeah, they? when when uh, Ireland played South Africa and that just just the, the disgrace of that Ireland home kit against South Africa in the autumn. That that's, yeah, that's the outrage. sort of stuff that used to or the, get me outraged. When Scotland more. played New Zealand in Murrayfield and they're both wearing slightly different shades of yeah. grey blue. Yeah. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Um, I, I think. Oh yeah. So here's one of those things which I found out this week. Nothing to do with head contact, but I only would have found out because I'm talking to lots of people. So, what do you know about Halifax? Brian Moore. God, yeah. Rug- rugby league. Rugby uh, league, gr- yeah. Great blue and white hoop kit. Yeah. Back yeah. in the day. I've played at Halifax a couple of times. So Good, good club. George good Ford. Ground. Yep. Um, kind of. No. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Oh, well. well, well Mike no, no, he was, he was Rishworthians, wasn't he? Well, Rishworth is basically Halifax, yeah. isn't it? Rishworth's down the, yeah. down, the, down the road. Oh, and no, because he'd be um, old and sort of Saddleworth. Yeah. Mm. Um, of course. Anyway, well, what, tell me about oh, Halifax. Charlie Hodgson, of course, is Halifax. Ah, tell me about yeah. Halifax. Was he not somewhere else? Uh, Durham University, he went to. But he grew I up in Halifax. I thought he played a different. He played for a different club, though, on no. the in the M62 corridor. Let really? me look that up. But you could go on. So, uh, I'm going to say his name wrong now. So, uh, sorry, but uh, Neil Neil Sharrod Sharrod uh, is a coach up in Halifax. And we had a quick conversation about, you know, what on earth are we going to do going forward. And um, we're, at Talk H, we're thinking, well, we're not thinking, we are going to launch a rugby league team, so the lads have got something to do. Um, Old Brodlians. Thank you. Right. Was, but he he did grow up in Halifax. He was born in Halifax, was Hodgson. I, I think Old, Old Brodlians is where Neil is. Uh, it might be, because there is, there's Halifax RFU. Right, well, just bear with me, right? Okay. In a, in, in a Manchester, the Ring Road, yep. about 600,000 people. The Inner Ring Road isn't that. Not the inner ring road, sorry, inside the M60. M60. It's more than 600,000 in that, isn't it? Okay, I, maybe. I, but anyway, go on. Let's just say there was... I, mean, I thought it was, I had it as Manchester City Centre was that kind of a number. Oh, really? Yeah. So maybe, okay, so inside the M60, how yeah. many clubs can... Rugby clubs are, um, are there? Broughton Park. Yep. De La Salle. De La Salle, Inside good. the M60. Inside the M60. Yeah. Heatonmore. Heatonmore, yeah. Burnage. Burnage, yeah. Bernage. Yeah. Uh, North Manchester, um, yeah, but is it Broughton, not Broughton. Oh yeah, yeah, Broughton. Broughton. So um, Sedgwick Park, the place Tra- Trafford is within. Trafford, Trafford, they're Park, outside. The I know Trafford Metrovic's outside. Outside, yeah, outside. Burnage are outside, yeah. Or Burnage inside. Is this Burnage related to Halifax, or have I just missed what you were saying? No, no, it is yeah. right. So I got to about seven, seven clubs. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like Halifax has six rugby union clubs. Does it? It's got a population what? of eighty thousand. What? Wow. And 12 rugby league clubs. Wow. What? That is rugby territory, if, if ever I've That's heard it. That's proper wow. rugby territory. Isn't it? Oh, uh, Old Winions too. Wow. So, you know, per, per head of population. You're looking like, like what? I'm just thinking, it, where's Old Winions? Not been there for years. Winnie's is... Um, is, it, is, is it not just outside? Is Duckingfield inside? No, Duckingfield's outside, oh. definitely. Duckingfield's outside, Ashton's outside. 
Oldham's outside. Yeah, but inside, outside. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Manchester's even, outside. Even Manchester. Well, Manchester's in Stockport. It's in Cheadle, yeah. In fact, Manchester might just about now be the best team in Stockport. They were, <laughs> prior to that, the second best team in Stockport, in Stockport. after Stockport. <laughs> so Wow. Yeah, so Halifax. I mean, I didn't, God knows what's going, going on in Huddersfield, because they're, of course, another big rugby town. That means, officially, uh, Broughton Park under-15s are the best team in Manchester. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Fact. Yeah. Fact. Fact. <laughs> So yeah, I've had, um, found out loads of weird little things like that. That's cool this week. La- last thing, unless there's anything else, yeah, go on. If you were to put a percentage, I've, I've uh, re-listened to the uh, Philip Tetlock uh, Super Forecast in Econ Talk. Yes, this week I'm going back listening to past episodes because some of the new stuff is rubbish. Yeah, I've, there's some really. I listened to um, the value Phil- of laughing. No thanks, Philip Tetlock. I listened to David Epstein on the Sports Gene. Yeah. I listened to... Jeffrey Epstein as well. <laughs> not, just, not much on Jeffrey Epstein. Um, I listened to Angus Deaton um, on... Um, not on Nudge, on um, discrepancies between countries' incomes. It was really interesting. Um, didn't they have... And Diane Coyle on GDP. Didn't Tetlock speak on Talking Politics as well? He probably has done, yeah. yeah. But any, anyway, on, no. so, Philip Tetlock... If you were to say, give me a percentage likelihood for the um, initial draft, even though there was no law actually drafted, but there were kind of hips and below as it was originally intended to come in, what percentage would you give me that that law gets enacted for um, level three and below? Five percent. It's way too toxic. It's dead in the water. It was dead on arrival. Not a chance. I don't know. The reason I don't know... Is because World Rugby seems to have rode mm. back on it big time. So, do you see Charlie Morgan? Was it Charlie Morgan? I think it's Charlie Morgan that said he showed had the um, graphic of the current tackle, the pros tackle, and then the new amateur tackle, and you could sort of draw a diagonal line across it. They've they've rode back from that. Alan Gilpin said it's going to happen. No, he says it's not going to happen. Well, he says they, there's no concrete plans for it to happen mm. hasn't said it isn't yeah. going to happen as it happened waist and below or like you know hip level tackling and below I think has currently got a zero percent chance of happening so you're you're even more negative than me I'd, I'd say somewhere between 10 and 20 but yeah I, I think but I, th- I think that's a good thing I think yeah it is a yeah. good thing yeah, yeah. it is that's a good thing but you know there is still challenges and, and there's already a lot of damage done <laughs> by, by doing it did we mention Napoleon Dynamite last week for some reason you two did, yes. Why did we mention Napoleon Dynamite? Uh, Rob Quando. Rob Quando. Yeah, that's right. It. Yeah, right. So we had another Rob- Re- Rex Quando. That's the one. Yeah. Right. Grab my arm. No, the other arm. The other way. Right. <laughs> yeah. So this is exactly what happened in this joke of an RFU tackle seminar. Have you watched the video? You have. Yeah. yeah. Have I, I I didn't get past about. A Jesus. Minute. I gave up on it. Right. Too, so too hard going. There is a guy, I think he's a, lo- a local guy actually, and he's an RFU bod. He's trying to demonstrate to a room full of coaches, I think in the women's game, how this tackle law is going to be implemented. And it is absolutely humiliating, the whole thing. So it starts with, you know, head in the same airspace, and then you've got to go to the safe zone. And they're advocating um, moving your body so the player almost comes past you and you don't make an upfront collision tackle, but like a side-on tackle. Mm-hmm. And then the Rob Quando bit comes in, which is, uh, okay, carry the ball. No lower, no higher. No, so they're now <laughs> trying to dictate, like, how should these players carry the ball into oh contact? When you add it all together. I mean, that actually, I mean, the tackle height, I think someone could play that. I wouldn't, but someone could play that at the waist height, maybe. The... Um, the ball carrying part carrying the, is yeah. absolutely to be encouraged to go upright. Insane. Yeah. It happened in our game today, and f- opening minute of this Lancashire Cup quarter final, opening minute, uh, our tight head prop takes a run up at their fly half and just does the classic forearm forward bounce. Yeah, Have some. It's, a, it's a beautiful thing. It is. Yeah, it very much is. So um, yeah, I was watching this. I thought, imagine trying to coach this, the boys. Yeah, no. So it's, it's we're all agreed it's not going to happen. We 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 said it last week. 
do you know what's interesting? And he's, uh, Eddie Stevens, I'm going to mention him again. Go and listen to his podcast, Rugby Ranter Banter. He's the only rugby podcast where it's just one person and it's him just chatting in his shed and he makes me laugh every week. <laughs> I really like it. Uh, hopefully the Mall Over Boys will do a podcast as well and actually mm. get off their backside and join, Lazy. join in. Yeah. Um, but Eddie Stevens charted the... Uh, and he's absolutely right on this. He said it's been quite, for him, it's been quite enjoyable to watch the people that came out very early and very punchy in favour of this are all the exact type of people you're thinking they are. Yeah. All the ones that get on get on the quote-unquote progressive crusades come out very vocal, very punchy. I don't need to name names. You'll know who they are. And when you actually look at their Twitter accounts, they've all deleted their tweets. They well, have. not all, but many of them have deleted mm. their tweets. Well, interesting. So they are reversing at a rate of knots. I mean, they're trying to pretend that they never agreed with it. Mm. Well, interestingly, they've... They've had a bit of a godsend this week from the WRU. So they've managed to get their teeth into the WRU. Oh, yeah, they've gone into that, haven't they? HR meltdown over there. And I I mean, I don't, is it a good thing or a bad thing? No, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to get... I'm not bothered about that. Stuff. No, no, I, I, I couldn't give a yeah. shit about it. I, I could not care well, I, don't, just don't, I don't want to talk about it. No, no, yeah, I, don't, I, I want to talk about it from, about... from this angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, how do the RF, the WRU, now, now they're in utter turmoil announce to their members, oh, do you know all that stuff we've been doing, which is really, really bad, and we had to resign over? Well, now we're going to introduce you to um, blow, like, blow the waist tackling. Like, we're actually really lucky that the RFU are so incompetent that they decided to do this on their own, get out in front, um, in front of the pack, want to look like the you know, proactive union, because I think we will defeat them before this contagion spreads. But imagine the WRU having to go back to their clubs now and saying, yeah, after our horrendous week, guess yeah, what we're going to yeah. do, boys and girls? Yeah, no chance. Uh, and on that front, Alan uh, B has emailed contacttechasers at gmail dot com. He said, has, the, "Has this whole new tackle law saga revealed that the RFU is too corporate?" Having seen and heard various statements from spokesmen over the last week, I can't help but notice how awfully corporate they are. Almost all people who run the RFU have business backgrounds, not rugby backgrounds. Mm. They can only analyse rugby through a business lens. They constantly harp on about growth because this is what their corporate minds have been trained to achieve. In most companies, the main objective is to grow your business and increase profits. So when they transfer over to the RFU, this is how they continue to think. Yeah, he's right. However, I would argue rugby should not be viewed in this way. There is no inherent reason to grow the game. There are no profits to be earned, no shareholders to pay dividends to. The players are, the players own the game, not the RFU. Their sole job is to be custodians of the sport, and that is it. Yeah. I also believe their entire stra- and he goes on, but it's just um, he said he says at the end, slightly worried. I'm agreeing with JB um, <laughs> on this on on far too much lately. Uh, in this instance, I think he grasped grasped the matter far better than any of the people who sat in that boardroom and voted on the tackle law a week ago. Frankly, I found them to be incredibly patronising. You do not govern what is safe for me, and no, I'm not so, I'm not an uneducated provincial who does not understand risk. Yeah. Uh, anyway, enough with the rant. Once again, great pod. Nice yeah, one, Alan. Uh, well, yeah, look, um, what I'd say to um, Adam? Uh, Alan. Alan, is you all end up thinking like me eventually. <laughs> yeah. You're not the first, you won't be the last. <laughs> um, right, um, I wasn't say about the corporate stuff. Yeah, this reminds me a little bit like, um, do people predict the end of the world because of artificial intelligence, but something completely benign? So we invent a robot, and the robot's job is to make as many paperclips as possible. Yeah, yeah. And then we end up just losing the world to paperclips. Because right. every single atom in the entire universe gets converted <laughs> yeah, into yeah, yeah. It's a paperclip maximising device. Yeah, it's not dissimilar to the to the RFU. You, know, you bring these business bods in, and their only goal is growth. You know that's what they'll pursue at the you know, at the cost of everything, including our sport. If they could make amateur rugby into golf and get five five million more members tomorrow, they would make it into golf. Make no mistake about it; they are not here for the rugby. Mm. And the weird thing is. Well, that's uh, that. That's why they've been hired, and those are the metrics that are that they're being measured on. That their bonuses are getting, so that they're only doing yeah. what they've been hired to do. There's a difference, isn't there, between being entrepreneurial and corporate? So Dana White is a good example of being entrepreneurial, incredibly well, incredible bi- bi- business mind. Darts, darts is a great one, right? Mm. If you understand your product and how to promote it, you can be entrepreneurial um, and good at business. Just because you're corporate doesn't mean you're good at business, and this is the mistake that they've made with the RFU. They're getting corporate people in who are utterly incompetent. Like, there's no other word for it. They don't understand their core product. Like, if you talk to people at the RFU, there are some people that understand the nuts and bolts of rugby. But nobody who works in the media side does really. 
You know, no one who were... I mean, Bill Sweeney certainly doesn't understand the nuts and bolts of rugby, what it is to be in a club. I mean, he, he wears our game quite nicely as a skin suit, but he doesn't really understand it. So, no, I, I agree with that com- com- completely. Um, I just say, you know, we do want business minds in the sport. We want brilliant business minds in the sport, but only those that can relate to rugby. Not corporate, you know, not corporate people who are just barely passable because that's what yeah. we've got. It's a little bit like if you were coaching a rugby player, um, would you would you look at their skill set and, and try and amplify what's great about it or take the thing that they're worst at and put, pour all your energy into improving that? There is a balance to be made. Mm. There's definitely a bit of both, but yep. I, I just I, I, it's important to recognise what's great about something and it's, it's why people were frustrated for, about players like Christian Wade never got a shot because it was like he was always not picked for the little things that he couldn't do rather than being selected for the incredible Think, things that he could do well I mean Zach Mercer yeah that's, you know, that's, that's the modern day well Christian, Christian Wade's the modern so, day so chunking this, up to the, chunking this up to the governance of the game it's actually exactly as one of our emailers said earlier is who's who's beating the drum for the things that rugby's incredible for Mm. Not the RFU, not the RFU, because they don't understand. I think it's, it's taken me a little while to. See, I never really cared about the council. I never really cared about the the RFU much because I showed up, showed up on a Saturday and rugby just ran. And as long as the thing runs, you can have your thirty thousand pounds a year expenses, and you can act like a bit of a div uh, sometimes around the around the national anthem. Don't really care. You know, do what you want. Uh, specifically, council. I mean. Everyone was up in arms about their expenses. I kind of think, well, look, if you've dedicated 20 years to the amateur game and you found yourself on committee after committee after committee and you do do the hard work, maybe it's okay if you yeah, have... You see, Phil, JB's got to a, got a think, what if I'm a counsellor in yeah, a few years? I need, yeah. to be, I need to have five <laughs> star, a consistent hey, point. Five-star trip. Yeah. <laughs> if I end up on the council, right, I'll be the first one to say, I won't be mealy-mouthed about it. I'll, I'll tell you straight up, I deserved it. Right? <laughs> I deserve the things which I get. So, trip yeah, to Rome. Yeah. But then, so long as I'm not then going to appropriate that and they just trash the entire trash the entire sport, they can have their expenses. Just don't trash the sport. Mm. So you know, I never really bothered. But now we are pay, pay, paying attention, and it's not good. They they could have kept all of their great high high powered high paying jobs with loads of expenditure, and they just needed to be quiet. I don't know why <laughs> they didn't just shut up. So I I, I, I suspect, uh, and I don't think it's too much of a leap to suggest that Bill Sweeney will, well, well, I, he might not go voluntarily, but he will not be mm. uh, chief exec of the RFU for, for much longer. And probably there'll be some changes in their comms team. Mm. Uh, I would imagine both those things have to be nailed on. Yeah. They have to be. I mean, that is a minimum that I would accept right now is Bill Sweeney has to go. And, and depending on how your RFU councillor has dealt with it, some have been more um, sympathetic, some have been more definitive that, and, and stubborn, I'd say, that, that no, they absolutely made the right call and you just need to understand those ones are risking uh, a further backlash. So. Yeah, they should go. They should go. And I think they will in good time. Mm. Well, we'll see. But uh, that's where we are. I don't know about you, but I've, I'm just exhausted. <sighs> yeah, I am as well. I am. It's only been, what, a week and a half, ten days? Yeah. So it's, it's, I and already actually, don't want to discuss any more on the... Yeah. yeah. And I keep the, thinking of other angles and other things to say, and I think, if I just start on this now, it's another ten minutes of talking about this again, and again, and again, and again. And people keep asking me, like, what, what, what do you think? I, it's rude, but I just forward, forward them my article. <laughs> so I know how... I have these conversations with some journalists sometimes. Say, oh, like, what do, like, what do you think of this? And they just forward me the article which, which I've written. Mm. And I, I understand why now, because it just gets so tiresome yeah. explaining the same stuff over and over and over again. I just... Can we... Yeah, so can we just all agree that... Well, not all agree. We need to be vigilant. You're going to that meeting on February the 8th and stuff. Yeah, but, I'm but, um, taking a huge... Um, it's, how do I explain it? It's like a huge model of a man which I'm making out of straw... Don't know what we'll do with it yet. Um, I can't go. I'm I'm going to Geneva on that day, so I can't. I can't go. All right, humble brag. (laughs) No, I'm basically all I'm doing. Are you you taking the spirit of cocker? (laughs) No, I'm just. uh, Kate's working out there, so I'm just tagging along and like just. 
Give us oh, some bankers, yeah? Did you leave? Fine, I'll come and just stay in your hotel room. Fine. You got an appointment awesome. booked, booked with your banker? I might go skiing for a couple of days. That's what I might do. Yeah, it's a bit a bit too cold. Last time I was in Geneva, I had a little swim in Lake Geneva. Did you? I did. Did like, you? Yeah. But that, yeah, that was like mid-June, and it was about 30 degrees. <laughs> I would not go at this time. Oh, okay, I wouldn't fine. swim at this time of year. So I can't go to that meeting at Liverpool St. Helens, but it's gonna, it's gonna, that is going to be a punchy place. I guarantee... I, I Get bet there you, early. I the reckon car park you, will be full. It will be rammed. <laughs> And I reckon you will come away so frustrated because it will just be lots of people getting into lots of minutiae. What about when I'm coaching my third team and they want to do a pick up, pick and go from a mall? What do I do? It will get into that sort of minutiae and you'll come away feeling very frustrated. Yeah, it's going to be, we're going to talk hours and hours, aren't we, about things which aren't important. Yeah. Mm. When the principle at play is massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, c- can we all agree that, or hope, hopefully, get to a point in our mind? This isn't going to happen. It might be nipple height at worst, and um, nipple height at- is still bad, though. We still say no to. Yeah, it. okay, you, we can still say no to that if, if you wish. That's absolutely fine. But that that will be the worst it gets to. Um, there may be some good things that come out of this in terms of how the structures work, and can we just get it off the agenda by the time the Six Nation comes around, so we can actually enjoy the rugby? We've got itself. one week. Yeah, exactly. And on that note, we'll talk about some actual rugby on the other podcast. So, uh, yeah. Yes. Let the boys play. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.